Doncic may go dagger seeking on this possession. Doncic looking for that dagger. Oh, he found it at the end of a rainbow. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead. And it's just me tonight, but man, can we listen to that Luca play one more time? Just go to my Twitter at Nick Van Exit. Just listen to it on repeat over and over. Ryan Rucco on the call there. Chauncey Billups. Good stuff from the guys tonight. Uh, they may have talked about Carmelo Anthony a little bit too much, but thought it was a good game overall from them. But holy cow, nailed it on that that Luca call. The Luca step back three. Woo! Okay. Isaac is away on some kind of wilderness excursion. I don't know. He's always off in the woods somewhere. It's What is it about church and outings that they always have to go to the woods? I don't know. But that's where he's at right now. So it's just me breaking it down. The Mavericks win 120 to 112 against the Portland Trailblazers. Damian Lillard ended up playing in this one. CJ McCollum went uh, to the locker room, was limping. He only played about 11 minutes. Luka Doncic, 35 points, including the dagger that you heard at the top of the show. So much to get into in this game. Let's just let's just get right into it. Luka Doncic, 35 points, 8 boards, 7 assists, 11 of 23 from the field. He was 8 of 12 from 3, a career high, 8 threes in this game from Luka. He was hitting, and he was hitting early and often from 3-point range. And it, it just felt like he needed one of these games shooting. Like, obviously, he's been effective. He's been good. I don't even know if you could call what he's been in a slump, but he's definitely been in some sort of shooting slump, specifically. Like, his play overall hasn't been in a slump, but if you could uh, maybe, like, categorize the different parts of his game as having a slump because he's been playing well in every other area besides shooting, uh, he's having a Ben Simmons stretch. How about that? <laughs> you put it like that. Isaac would have loved that joke. But... He just needed one of these games where he came out and he was on fire. And the Mavericks definitely needed one of these games where Luka just came out and he was on fire. Uh, the Mavericks were 5-4, and four, I think, before this game with uh, Porzingis out in these games. Again, Porzingis didn't play in this game. He was not a late scratch. He was pretty early scratch in the day, so we don't have to freak out about that just yet. Uh, they're still monitoring that. We'll talk about that situation probably on Monday's show, or maybe I'll get to it a little later, but... Luka just needed one of those games for this team, and they were going up and down. The Mavericks would, would pull ahead and get a big lead in Portland. You know, that's that's a veteran team. They come back. Damian Lillard gives the Mavericks problems every single time he plays, and they just needed Luka to go out and be the superstar MVP-level player that he is, and that's what he did. He went out there, did it. Everyone's going to be talking about him now. Uh, you'll hear all the jokes, all the good jokes. You'll hear about, you know, uh, DeAndre Ayton, you'll hear about Marvin Bagley, you'll hear about all kinds, Trey Young, I'm sure. There's so many jokes out there, but this was one of those games where you just see Luka almost at his highest level and at his highest peak. And it started really, it wasn't just about the three. It started really with Luka being able to get penetration, get in the paint, and just confuse the mess out of Hassan Whiteside. Just absolutely turn him every which way. 
And the pick and roll with Dwight Powell was awesome. Uh, it was working really well. I don't know, I think Dwight, yeah, Dwight finished with like eight points. He didn't score a lot himself, but the looks that they were getting off to other people. Dwight had two assists, and I thought both of them were really good. He had a couple other passes, I think, that should have turned into assists. Guys missed, you know, shots. And uh, Luca had seven assists himself. I think he could have had a lot more. I'd like to see his potential assists in this game. Uh, the Mavericks hit 23s as a team, though. But the, this is the thing about the Mavericks. They hit 23s, which is a lot. It's a lot of threes to hit for one team. But they also missed 27 of them. <laughs> so many opportunities are just left at the table. But that's a good percentage. 42.6%. That's a good percentage. But the Mavericks still left a lot of opportunities on the table. Luca getting in the paint, figuring things out. There was this play. There was this play. Uh, Kirk Serious Face pointed it out, and I, I tweeted it out too, uh, where Luca just turned Mario Hazonia into like a ragdoll, but on the perimeter, not in the paint. He wasn't like physically dominating him, but it was he was on the left wing. He had the ball in his hand, and he sort of did a jab step. Mario Hazonia closed out on him really far out, like far out from the three point line. When he closed out, then Luca was able to drive right by him, get a little bit of separation, and then stop, let Mario Hazonia catch up to him and stay on his hip or kind of on his backside and sort of like reach over the top of him. And then a, pit, a screen was coming, and Luca then was able to maneuver Mario Hazonia to the point where he was in front of him and was, you know, backpedaling back because he was waiting for the drive. And then Luca did a step back and hit the three in his face. And it was just. What do, you, what do you do if you're Mario Hazonia at this point? <laughs> he was just at Luca's whim. Like, just whatever Luca wanted to do, uh, he could do on that specific play and then so many others in this game. He finished with 35 points. Uh, Damian Lillard, honestly, the same could be said for him. On the other side, he finished with 34 points, 10 assists in this game. If I mean, he was everything in this game. The only other offense that they had was Carmelo Anthony isoing. Everybody else was not working. Like, n- nothing else was working for this Blazers team. Uh, just no one was shooting the ball well. What did they finish from three? Nine of 30, that's 30%. That's not very good. Only 33s from them. They were 15 of 22 from the free throw line. Oh, man. This this ref group was like, I compared them to a home plate umpire in baseball. It was just everything was about them. They went to the replay. Whenever they wanted to go to the replay, they went to the replay. And it, it just had that feeling of a baseball game where the umpires in baseball try to make the game about themselves, and it felt like the refs loved being on TV, and they just wanted to go every time. How many fouls were in this game? 22 from the Blazers and 17 from the Mavericks. 39 fouls total in this game. Gosh, that's a lot of free throw. That's a lot of stoppage of play. So many different calls. Just just little things. And it was on both sides. I'm not even complaining on the Mavericks side. I think it was, was both teams had, you know, calls that didn't go their way that I thought were kind of weird. So, all right, coming up, let's get into the rest of this game. There was one change in this game that I felt like really helped Luka, and it was genius move from Carlisle. If this was spe- if this was done specifically, if this was the planned thing to do, I think this is what helped Luka and helped the Mavericks close out this game in the clutch. So we'll talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac, let's get into it. I'll just say it right now. This is the change that I think Carlisle did intentionally that helped Luka Doncic close this game out. So Luka, at the beginning of the game, he played up until the, you know, a minute 30 left in the first quarter. That's pretty normal. It's pretty normal Pretty normal for Luka. They were tied at that point. Carlisle took him out. Sometimes he plays through the whole first quarter, but Carlisle's been, been messing with things, maneuvering with things, trying to get Luka fresher for the end of these games because the Mavericks haven't been that great in clutch. Their offense has been terrible in the clutch. 
And so they wanted to get Luca fresher. And so I think this really helped. So he came out with a minute 30. He went back into the game with five minutes and 22 seconds left in the second quarter. The Mavericks actually went 19 and 11 without him, which was awesome. That was a good stretch from the bench at that point. And so positive at that point, Luca got a lot of rest. I mean, he was he was out for how how many you know game time minutes is that? That's a lot. Uh, seven, eight, almost nine game time minutes that Luca sat out, uh, and it was good. It was it was it was positive for the Mavericks at that point. So Luca's on the bench, and then he starts the third quarter. Obviously, he goes out with a minute forty seven left. So instead of playing the whole third quarter, he goes out with a minute forty seven. Mavericks had a. 15-point lead at that point. It was looking good. They had a you know really good third quarter. Tim Hardaway Jr., we'll get to him, but he had 15 points in the third. We'll talk about his game. And then Luka comes back in with 7 minutes and 27 seconds left. So a little bit earlier than normal. He's able. Carlisle was able to do that because of the time that he was able to save earlier in the game. And Luka played 34 minutes in this game, which I think is almost perfect. Uh, it was exactly 34 minutes. So perfect. The time was perfect. <laughs> the amount of time was perfect. But the Mavericks in that stretch went 8 and 17 without Luka. A bad stretch for him. So maybe Carlisle brought him in a little bit earlier than he had wanted to. But the Mavericks were only up by four at that point. And then a few possessions in a row, about, about around the four minute mark, six minute mark, five minute mark, left in the fourth quarter. This is the change that Carlisle, I think, made. Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Seth Curry was in the game. How many times have we done that on this podcast? Seth Curry was in the game, and Seth Curry was the one handling the ball, making things, trying to create things on offense. And with Luka on the floor, so Luka's kind of a decoy sitting out on the right side. He's able to spot up. He's able to cut. He's able to do other things. He didn't do a lot on those possessions, but I think him being on the floor, having the option of Luka to have the ball, but not assigning Luka the ball at the beginning of plays, Having Seth Curry do that, I think maybe save Luca's legs a little bit for the end. So Luca's not just driving, driving, driving. A lot, a lot of us, and we we've had the joke on this podcast all season. When Luca takes step back threes in the clutch, we're like, oh, he should have driven to the lane. He should have, you know, you should drive there. I wonder if sometimes Luca can't drive because he's been playing hard the whole game. He drives a lot. He's one of you know probably top five in drives per game in the league, and. He just doesn't have enough juice to to have exactly what he needs to drive. Sure, he could get there, but he's not going to get there with the amount of force, with the amount of timing, with the amount of uh, energy that he needs to to finish around the basket to be able to do pull off these moves that he does. And so in the clutch, Carlisle decides to go with Curry handling the ball for a few possessions in a row. I think it was three or four. It was, it was not a ton, but it's three or four possessions where Curry was handling the ball and then Luca was able to sit off the ball Rest in the game. This is you know the LeBron term that everyone talks about, how he finds rest inside the game, while also being available, you know, in transition and all kinds of different things. If if a play breaks, then Luca can get an offensive rebound, or Luca can you know grab a loose ball or whatever, and he can you know run offense at that point. But when the play starts, when they're in the half court, to have Curry handling the ball, I think was huge for Luca throughout the, the rest of this game. Um, and then basically. Uh, in the last two minutes, Luca then took the ball back over, and Luca was the one running the offense. Luca was the one, you know, starting the ball movement with a minute forty. Tim Hardaway Jr. missed that jumper. The Luca drive with a minute ten left to put the Mavericks up by uh, was that eight points at that point. And then the Luka Doncic, the the holy crap moment. Forty five seconds left. Luca hits the step back three. You heard at the beginning of the pod. I think that that was 
intentional by Carlisle to have Curry handling the ball, to have somebody else with the ball in their hands for a little bit, to spell Luka a little bit until the very end. And I think it helped. I think it worked. I think that it was you know a good move by them. And uh, obviously they won the game, but um, I think that, that was just a great move, a sneaky good move by Carlisle. Okay. So we, we talked about Curry a little bit. He was handling the ball. He scored 16 points of his own off the bench, four boards, three assists. He hit uh, three of his 10 threes. He just could not find the, the the bottom of the rim or the bottom of the net on a bunch of these threes. They were going in and out. They were, were on target, but not there. It's just a, not, an, not an on night for Seth Curry shooting the ball, but he ended up you know being a positive in this game. Uh, let's go over to the other side, who ended up being, I think, a negative in this game, which looks insane. If you just looked at the box score and you say, okay, 21 points, 18 boards, five blocks. He was just a minus two in a game that the, the Blazers lost by eight. Hassan Whiteside, I thought he was a negative in this game. I just, He had four offensive rebounds, but 14, you know, defensive rebounds, 18 overall. I thought he was a negative. I thought that, you know, you talk about empty numbers, you talk about empty calories and in, in some of these stats. Yeah, five blocks defending the rim a little bit, but Luka was having his way in the paint when Hassan Whiteside was there. Guys were throwing floaters over the top of him, and they were able to pump fake and get him to foul. Uh, he finished with just three fouls, but he also had an insane four three-second violations on defense. That's giving the Mavericks extra possessions. That's giving the Mavericks extra chances to set their offense to do, you know, to, to get positive possessions. Uh, he had some just uh, crazy other plays where he would foul. He had that goaltending where he put his hand basically through the rim and Dorian got an and one when it should have just been, you know, a missed layup. Um, and he, I guess he would have got fouled at that point, just free throws. But I just thought he did a lot of things that were negative. And uh, the stats just don't tell the whole story of his game. Uh, he played 36 minutes. <laughs> People were joking on Twitter that he was the Mavericks' third best player. I think that was Kirk again, too. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Hassan Whiteside. And then Carmelo Anthony. I, I thought he had a pretty good game. Uh, but his offense was basically only what Carmelo Anthony does. Stand on the right wing or the left wing. Uh, ISO out on, you know, ISO on Maxi or back down Justin Jackson, whoever was guarding him at that point. He shot eight of 16. Uh, he hit one of his four threes. His threes were basically all catch and shoot, but, uh, and then he was five of six from the free throw line. He scored 22 points in this game. The broadcasters talked enough about him. I won't talk anymore about Melo because I don't think we need to talk about that. So, but coming up, we do need to talk about Tim Hardaway Jr. 29 points in this game. Massive night for him. Let's get into him coming up. All right, Isaac, Tim Hardaway Jr., 29 points on 16 shots, 9 of 16 from the floor, 5 of 8 from 3, 6 of 7 from the free throw line. Tim Hardaway Jr. was great in this game. Hit lots of his jumpers. Pretty much everything was a jumper. He had one shot that was a floater. There was a real nice floater over Hassan Whiteside. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. in his career has scored 29 points or more 20 times now. And this is only the fourth time that he's hit you know scored 29 points or more on 16 or less shots he's done it with 13 shots twice and 16 shots just once one of those was in dallas the the sacramento game that the mavericks lost he shot 13 times and scored 29 points which is wild but tim Hardaway jr is great he was exactly what the mavericks needed uh, we talk about seth curry being what the mavericks needed in that moment in the fourth quarter but during most of the game and especially this third quarter Tim Hardaway Jr. was what the Mavericks needed. When they were going on that big run 
in the third quarter, the Mavericks end up, uh, let's see, they outscored the, well, they, they were the, <laughs> they had the same score in the third quarter, 26-26, but they wanted to run. They, they got to their biggest lead in the third quarter, 17 points in the third quarter. It was Tim Hardaway Jr. that was hitting shots, getting buckets. And people talk about a lot, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., the starter, is so different than Tim Hardaway Jr., the bench player. And I've been thinking about this a lot and thinking about his role. I wonder if Tim Hardaway Jr. was just trying to figure out what his role in the Mavericks offense was. And the fact that he was starting helped him and kind of guided him. You know how you have a horse and you put those blinders on the side of their face to make him just go forward? I wonder if starting next to Luka allowed Tim Hardaway Jr. to kind of put those blinders on, look exactly you know forward in front of him to get to his goal, to get to what Carlisle wants for him in this offense and what he needs to be in this offense. Bucket getter, catch and shoot guy. Uh, you know he can pull up every once in a while if it's a good shot, if you get a mismatch, if you're open. You know those kinds of plays, and he's doing it right now. He's playing so well. But I wonder if, if he had this time where he was a starter for a while, and now at this point in the season, let's say the Mavericks make a trade. Let's say they get like Drew Holiday or somebody, and they decide to start him instead of Tim Hardaway. Somehow they make that trade. I don't know how they would do it, but let's just say they do that. I wonder if Tim Hardaway Jr. would be this good still coming off the bench at this point. Now that he's sort of figured out what his role is, figured out how to play within the system, I wonder if he would be better. The confidence is also, you know, at an all-time high. Which For Tim Hardaway Jr., the confidence, it didn't rise very high because his confidence is always super high, but right now it's at an all-time high. And I think fans' confidence in Tim Hardaway Jr. is at an all-time high right now. When, he, when the shot goes up, you think that it's going in all the time with Tim Hardaway Jr., and it was definitely right in this game. And, uh, yeah, he was the Mavericks' second-leading scorer. 29 points was massive. They do not win this game without Tim Hardaway Jr. going off. Other players in this game, Seth Curry we talked about. Brunson, 13 points off the bench. We talked a lot about Brunson's you know, role in this offense, but he was able to fulfill what the Mavericks needed in this game. Uh, Maxi, 10 points, 5 boards, 3 blocks in this game. Uh, I thought that he had a, a pretty solid game. He, you know, defensively, he was it was kind of a mismatch against Carmelo. He was scoring on him a little bit, but Maxi was helping. He was all over the place on defense. Thought that he had a solid game. Dwight already talked about him with you know the pick and roll with Luca. I thought that, that was solid. And then uh, Dorian had kind of a rough game. He scored six points early. Didn't really score the rest of the the game, uh, but five boards, two steals. You know he's always all over the place on defense. He struggled hard with Dame Lillard, which he kind of should. That's not a player that he should be able to guard credibly, but he's skilled enough that he can in some instances. This was not one of them. <laughs> he just really struggled hard, and I wonder why they didn't go to DeLon Wright more in that moment. Uh, DeLon Wright, only three points in this game, four uh, assists, five boards. He was one of four from the field and missed both of his threes. Every time he shoots, it feels like he tries to decide in his head if this is a good decision or not. <laughs> That's what it feels like with DeLon Wright. So I wonder if the, you know, the role is sort of messing with him. If he, you know, he's just not, he's not that confident of a shooter. He's only taking like one or two threes a game. Uh, but I think if he was a more confident shooter, he might have more of a role in this offense and more a role in this team. I wonder if that's one thing that's holding him back. As we've talked about DeLon Wright's role recently with his you know, conversation with Tim Cato. There you go. I'm just a short one after this game, but we'll be back on Monday. Uh, enjoy this one. Go back and watch the Luka play over and over again. The Mavericks right now are on a four-game winning streak, I believe. The Mavericks are... Um, yeah, four-game winning streak. They are 27-15, and 15, 12 games over 500, guys. 
We're over halfway through the season now, 12 games over 500. That's massive. They are tied with Houston. Houston, if you're listening to this on Saturday, they play the Lakers. So Mavs fans, decide who you want to win. If the if the war if the Rockets if the Rockets lose and the Lakers win, then the Mavericks move up to fifth in the standings. If the Rockets win, then the Lakers lose, which is, you know, all you guys love when the Lakers lose. But then the Mavericks will stay in sixth. So we'll see. The Mavericks are also only two games behind the Clippers, and they have the Clippers coming up on Tuesday. So that's going to be a big game to see what this Mavericks team is all about. The Kristaps Porzingis thing, you know, he didn't play again. Uh, We'll see what's going on. This is a game-by-game situation now, it feels like. Uh, It was kind of, he was out indefinitely before, and now it's. I think it's day-to-day. I wonder if they had worded it that way if we wouldn't be freaking out as much like he's he's out indefinitely with knee soreness okay that's fine then he's now he's game to game like, okay then now we can you know put our ears up but since he was just basically game to game this entire 11 game stretch now or 10 game stretch now then we've been kind of frustrated so all right there you go enjoy that win go watch the luca play over and over again guys thanks so much for listening to locked on maps peace out boom 